Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. Aloha, welcome back to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. I'm your host and coach, Gina Ryan, and I am so happy to be with you again today as together we can consider the many ways to bring your mind and body back to its natural peace and calm. In today's episode, I want to dive into some wise words on the frantic, anxious mind. And I wanted to share with you someone who is super special to me when I was going through my anxiety. And you know, I've been telling you lately about some of my sacred or spiritual kind of pursuits in order to find my way out of the wormhole. And so one of the people that I really enjoyed reading was Eknath Eswaran. And I'll tell you who he was, because you may not have ever heard of him. He was a successful writer, lecturer, and professor of English literature when he came to the U.S. on the Fulbright Exchange Program in 1959. And then in 1961, he founded the Blue Mountain Center of Meditation in Berkeley, California, to move, as he puts it, from education for degrees to education for living. He taught what was probably the first credit course on the theory and practice of meditation to be offered at an accredited university in the West, at the University of California, Berkeley. Now, he was such an inspiration to me, and he was one of the 20th century's greatest spiritual teachers in my mind. So, I wanted to share a little bit of his wisdom with you today. And one of my favorite books by him is that I'm still carrying around. A lot of them have come and gone. Like when I moved to Maui, a lot of my books, I just wrote little notes in them and gave them to dear friends. And I've moved a couple of different times here on Maui and often books get lost in the shuffle. And sometimes I wish I had kept some of these. But the one that is still dragging around here with me is called Words to Live By, Inspiration for Every Day. And again, that's from Eknath Eswaran. And I'll have a link to that for you in the show notes. And you can see all of his other books in there too. But on a particular day, he happened to say this as the reading, and this is quoting Eknath Eswaran. He says, a great deal of psychological stress comes from the rush and hurry of a frantic mind, which jumps recklessly to unwarranted conclusions, rushes to judgments, and often is going too fast to see events and people as they truly are. Such a mind keeps the body under continual tension. It is constantly on the move, desiring, worrying, hoping, fearing, planning, defending, rehearsing, criticizing. It cannot stop or rest except in deep sleep, when the whole body, particularly the nervous system, heaves a sigh of great relief and tries to repair the damage of the day. Simply by slowing down the mind, 
the first purpose of meditation, much of this tension can be removed. Then we are free to respond to life's difficulties not as sources of stress, but as challenges, which will draw out of us deeper resources than we ever suspected we had. A one-pointed mind is slow and sound, which gives it immense resilience under stress. With a mind like this, we always have a choice in how we respond to life around us. Again, that was from Eknath Eswaran. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff I was reading when I was you know, I was pretty, pretty worked up still, pretty nervous, but I would read something like this and it would make so much sense to me. And it was early in my meditation practice. And when you read something like this about, you know, the one pointedness and about this being simply slowing down the mind, we're not turning it off, we're not making it blank, but we're slowing it down. Like I like to say, having the glitter fall to the bottom of the snow globe. We're not shaking it up constantly. And that is the first purpose of meditation. And some of this tension that we live with and we layer on all day long can be removed. I hope that gives you as much hope and joy as it used to give me and still does. I still read his daily inspirations here and there. And Again, he was somebody that was really spoke to my heart. You know, we're all going to find who is most important to us, whose words resonate with us. I mean, that's why you maybe listen to this show and not another show. They're all great shows. Everybody's got wonderful things to say. Mostly we are probably all saying the same thing, but in different ways. And, you know, bringing our own spice, our own flavor to the conversation. And, you know, we all like different spices and flavors. So there we go. Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 Face Moisturizer and OS1 Eye Cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. 
And now in this very same book, he has, that's why it might be worth your while to look into it. There's a whole section in the back called an eight point program. You know, everything is very simple with him. You know, you don't have to take a big long course or anything to try to get this, or you didn't have to take his college course. It's laid out very simply. And the fourth point in his little program here in the back, it's probably about six or eight pages long in the back here is the one-pointed attention. And I thought I would share that with you today. What are some of the other ones? The first one might help you decide if you want to look deeper into his. The first one of his eight-pointed program is meditation. The second one is repetition of the mantra. That's what I'm going to talk about later. The third one is slowing down. The fourth one is one-pointed attention. The fifth one is training the senses. The sixth one is putting others first. Seven is reading in world mysticism, which was really helpful to me. And eight was spiritual association. So I wanted to read to you the one-pointed attention right now. This is the fourth point that he has in his little eight points here. And he says, doing more than one thing at a time divides attention and fragments consciousness. When we read and eat at the same time, for example, part of our mind is on what we are reading and part on what we are eating. We are not getting the most from either activity. Similarly, when talking with someone, give him or her your full attention. These are little things, but altogether, they help to unify consciousness and deepen concentration. Everything we do should be worthy of our full attention. When the mind is one-pointed, it will be secure, free from tension, and capable of the concentration that is the mark of genius in any field. And I really like that. And it was very helpful to me to learn to do some things, not everything. I listen to podcasts while I drive the car. (laughs) But finding yourself one-pointed in different places in your life, having that kind of attention on something can be very, very helpful. And you begin to see it come out in different places in your life. I thought that I would also share with you, I'm sorry, there are birds outside the window. I shooed them away a little bit earlier, but I have these beautiful java sparrows that like to come around my windows. (laughs) Anyway, let me keep going here. This is the second point in Eknath Esran's eight-point program. He says, the second one is repetition of the mantra. And I thought I would share that a little bit of this for you, because this is about having a mantra, or he calls it a mantra. And I'll just read to you what he has to say here briefly. Eknathes Ron says, a mantra or a holy name is a powerful spiritual formula which has the capacity to transform consciousness when it is repeated silently in the mind. There is nothing magical about this. It is simply a matter of practice, as you can verify for yourself. He says every religious tradition has a mantra, often more than one. For Christians, the name of Jesus itself is a powerful mantra. Catholics also use Hail Mary or Ave Maria. Jews may use 
Blessed art thou, O Lord, or the Hasidic formula, Lord of the universe. Muslims repeat the name of Allah, or God is great. Probably the oldest Buddhist mantra is Om Mani Padme Hum, referring to the jewel of the lotus of the heart. In Hinduism, among many choices, the most popular is Rama, 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 which was Gandhi's mantra. So select a mantra that appeals to you deeply. In many traditions, it is customary to take the mantra used by your spiritual teacher. Then once you have chosen, do not change your mantra. Otherwise, you will be like a person digging shallow holes in many places. You will never go deep enough to find water. Repeat your mantra silently whenever you get the chance, while walking, while waiting, while doing mechanical chores, like washing dishes, and especially when you are falling asleep. You will find for yourself that this is not mindless repetition. The mantra will help to keep you relaxed and alert during the day, and when you can fall asleep in it, it will go on working for you throughout the night as well. Whenever you are angry or afraid, nervous or worried, or resentful, repeat the mantra until the agitation subsides. The mantra works to steady the mind, and all these emotions are power running against you, which the mantra can harness and put to work. And that's the end of my quoting Eknath Eswaran. Now, I want to tell you that was all very helpful to me because I actually did pick a mantra after reading this book, and I am still doing it today. And I'm trying to see when I read this book. I don't have a card in it that says when I purchased it. And I have to say it probably was mid-90s, maybe, yes, early, yeah, or like 95, let's say there. So I've been pretty much using the same mantra, is how I say it, all this time. And it does come, it arises in you. After you have spent time with it and let it calm you down and let it ground you, you begin to have it pop up when you least would expect it, when you need it the most. So just play with it. Find a word. Now, I know we talk a lot about affirmations. Those are different. Those are different things. But if you find a mantra that feels good to your heart and you say it, again, when you are meditating, when you're trying to fall asleep at night, when you are agitated, it will serve you well. So let's see what else I had for you in here. I just, you know, he is such a dear man. And I think that it might be fun for some of you to learn more about Eknath Eswaran and maybe read some of his other books. Another one that I really enjoyed reading and practiced a lot of the things, and it was The Unstruck Bell. And again, I will have one link in there to a book, and then you can find all his other ones from there. It's remarkable what we can do when we do put our mind to it. You know, we have to not look at this as, again, like I said in the previous episode, it's not about religion. It's not about dogma. These are ancient teachings. I mean, he's talking about Gandhi's mantra. And 
he learned it from a teacher who learned it from a teacher who learned it from a teacher. I mean, these things have carried on because they are real and they help. They didn't have the scientific studies and papers and all of that that we have today. It was a different technology, if you will. And so I think we should borrow from them what has worked and see if it can fit in our lives much of what Eknath Esperon teaches fit beautifully into my life and gave me a sense of being grounded and calm and peaceful. And so why not? I mean, you don't have to wait for all the studies to come out. It is absolutely marvelous that science is proving why all these things that people do or have done historically over time or the way we have evolved, why it works. That's beautiful. It's kind of fun. It's exciting. But don't wait for that. If something has worked historically and is without any harm, please give it a try in your life. Experiment in your life. It's not good or bad. It's just you trying something new. I hope that will be helpful for you. It's fun to kind of expand our horizons a little bit. I mean, Eknath Eswaran came from India to the United States, brought all these great big ideas. And we've heard about a lot of other spiritual teachers that made a much bigger splash. But Eknath Eswaran was a quiet man, and he taught at Berkeley and had a wonderful following there with his coursework and the like, but not somebody that you probably have heard a lot about in spiritual circles or things like that. Like I said, he was more of a quiet man. But I hope that you will just explore a little bit. If it doesn't work for you or you read it and something inside you goes, eh, not for me, just leave it and move on to the next thing. We are all different. We all have different ways that our nervous system is going to respond to different kinds of information or practices. So keep looking until you find those that do resonate with you. And even if you just get a little bit of a like, oh, that really means something to me, or I'd like to try that, do it and really give it a go. Stick with it. Like he said in the one passage, don't be the man who just keeps digging shallow wells. You will never get down to the depth where you can reach the water. I hope today's show was helpful. I'd love to hear from you. If you liked it, you didn't like it, let me know. I think the world of all of you who give me your time and attention, and I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And now for today's quote. It is the mind that makes one wise or ignorant, bound or emancipated. And that's from Sri Ramakrishna. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.